It was a night of celebration as different stakeholders in the education sector gathered for the announcement of the metric results. The class of 2018 produced an overall pass rate of 78.2%. Basic Education Minister Angie Montseja made the announcement in Midrand yesterday on the eve of the release of the National Senior Certificate results as per tradition. Motsecha says the results are encouraging and are an illustration that the system is working. I'm very encouraged. It just shows that the system is really on its upward trend. What would have been disappointing is to have a hula hoop. So we are really having a very nice curve, which just shows that there's a healthy right upward move, which is very encouraging. Gauteng secured its position at the top of the list in the country, standing at over 80%. Gauteng Education MEC Banyaza Lisufi was the man of the moment as eight of the ten top performing districts were also in the province. Lisufi has attributed the success of the province to his department's investment in education in townships. It's encouraging, I must be honest, but it's a beginning. Our education system is way, way behind. Uh, We have to push it. It's an uphill task. It's just that South Africans have not accepted that where we are, we're not supposed to be there. We started at a very low base. It's only after 1994 that we had to do so many things within the short space of time. You have to pass legislation, introduce new curriculum, build new schools, eradicate infrastructure. So it's only now that we are dealing with the task of education. Lisufi has also emphasized the importance of a non-racial education system. Our education system is like an Irish coffee, black at the bottom, white on top, with sprinkles of chocolate. It's a must that our education system should be non-racial. It's a must that our education system should give opportunities to everyone. It's a huge task to turn this elephant to face the right direction. But you must not lose hope, because if you can't turn this elephant, you are sentencing these young people to poverty. One of the top achievers in the country, a learner from Zama High School in KwaZulu-Natal, Bungumenzindlovu, intends to study medicine at the University of Cape Town this year. The 17-year-old has attributed his success to the sacrifices he was forced to make during his final high school year. He says it was a difficult journey. It was a very difficult journey filled with many challenges, but it was also filled with many innovations. I had to use all of my pressure around me in order to overcome the challenges. I had to make a lot of sacrifices. I had to give up shenanigans. I had to give up television, cell phone, meetings with my friends. I had to be a bookworm, actually. Meanwhile, while Nlovu's father, Sipo Nlovu, has expressed heartfelt pride in his son, he also says Nlovu studied so hard that he would encourage the teenager to spend some time away from his books. The way this child worked so hard, there were moments where I would feel sorry for him. I remember on one occasion, I arrived home to find him sleeping on his books. When I woke him up, he was disturbed and wanted to carry on studying. I asked him what happened and he said he was studying and he must have passed out. I told him to sleep. I took his books and switched off the lights so he could continue resting. But not everyone is in high spirits. The National Youth Development Agency has sent words of encouragement to the 15% of matriculants that did not pass the grade. It says the learners must not give up hope and can explore the number of options available to them. Chairperson of the NYDA, Sviso Mzweni. 
We want to also say to those 15% or so that did not make it, that it's not the end of the world. There's a program of the Second Chances Program. It's a program that is conceptualized by the NYDA. We're now working together with the Basic Education Department to say those ones that really want to improve their marks, let them enroll into that particular program. But there's also those young people that must actually go into the TVET education schooling system. Moving forward, the South African Democratic Teachers Union, SADU, says the department should create safer teaching environments for teachers to improve the results. General Secretary of the Trade Union, Mugwena Maluleke, says the damaging of schools during protests is unacceptable. Improve the environment under which the teachers are teaching, in particular the violence uh, where teachers are being attacked. Teachers cannot teach under fear. We cannot be happy when people want a tart road, they go and ban a school. When the people are not happy that they want deliver of houses, then they go and ban a school. Education cannot be treated as a by the way. It is a priority. I am Zolega Kotashi in Johannesburg. Meanwhile, civil rights group Equal Education says that the annual matric results are misleading. And for more on this, we join on the line by Equal Education's Leanne Jansen-Thomas. Good afternoon and thanks for speaking to us. Hello, I'm happy to be with you. Leanne, um, Equal Education says these matric results are misleading. Can you please uh, just explain to us why that uh, is the case? So the pass mark, which the national minister announced yesterday, of 78%, that only takes into account the number of learners who stayed in school until grade 12 and then actually sat the matric exams. And, of course, we have every pride and happiness for every single one of the 400,000 learners that passed matric at the end of last year. But our very deep concern is for the other half a million learners who didn't make it to matric and who dropped out of school along the way. And we know that a major contributor to learners dropping out of school is learning deficits that they accumulate and that they begin to accumulate in the foundation phase. And so... Our, we feel our public responsibility and duty is really to say to the public, we congratulate every learner who has passed matric. We know how important this is for their future life prospects. But let's also remember that next week, millions of children are starting the most important phase of their schooling life, and that is the foundation phase. And if we can get it right there, we're going to see so many more young people staying in school, having their potential realized and being able to leave school with a qualification. Mm. And, and uh, you know, the point you make is a fair one. It is a critical one. But uh, do you not think that uh, you are conflating two issues here? Because uh, for those children who sat for the exam, this is the outcome of that particular process. And as you rightly point out, and I was speaking to Minister um, uh, Motseha this morning, and, and, and I, I actually said it was a crisis that we are losing up to a quarter of the learners who start out in grade one uh, who don't make it to that final exam. It is a crisis, but should we be conflating those two things? No, I don't think it's a conflation at all. We'd re- you as, as a journalist and, and ourselves as activists would really be doing all the young people of this country a great disservice if we were just uncritical praise singers. 
And so on the one hand, as I said to you, many, many children are overcoming incredible odds to be able to get that matric certificate. And one day we hope that children will not have to overcome such difficult circumstances to be able to get that. Mm. But, but that's we the point, Leanne. cannot forget about the children. We cannot forget about the children who do not get there. They are also worthy of our attention and of our activism and of our fight. And this is the point I'm making. Um, by no means am I being uncritical when I say this is a crisis. We cannot lose that many children in the system. It is a crisis. But mm. that being said, and, and, and this is my point about conflation, surely something needs to be done to deal with that issue, to address it so that we do not lose hundreds of thousands of children out of the education system. For whatever the reason may be, we should not be losing that many children. However, should that detract from the ones then who did sit to write that final exam? No, I don't think the point is to is to detract. Uh, I mean, even if you if you read our statement, and I think you and I are on the same page here, is we're saying like, well done. We know you you and your families and your teachers have had to overcome very difficult odds. You've worked very hard. You've been diligent. You've persevered. Now, what can we do to help other learners to get to where you are? Absolutely. And, 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 and the, the reason why I'm belaboring this point is because, you know, um, whilst you and I now have an opportunity to actually extrapolate further what actually is going on here, you know, some people just read a headline and then, mm. you know, interpret it as such. And, and I think mm. that's not the point that equal education is trying to make. But speaking of these children that go missing from the system, and the minister was of the view that this starts happening happening from around grade 10, where you see a drastic drop in learners that just fall out of the system. As equal Mm. education, or or do you know of any other studies, uh, quantitative and qualitative, where anyone has looked at where these learners are going and what is actually leading to them dropping Mm. out? Mm. So data from uh, research institutions from university and data commissioned by the DBE itself acknowledges that the major contributor of the dropouts is the work weak learning foundations. The minister and his spokesperson are well aware of that, that this is the root cause of those dropouts. There haven't been rigorous, good enough data produced on where, where do these learners end up? Right? So we know that we have this huge number of young people who are not in education, who are not studying, who are not working, who are not in, in training. And really, we cannot forget about this, this last generation of young people. Yes, there may be a small, a small proportion of these young people who leave the traditional schooling system to then enroll in TVET colleges. And that is a good thing because children have different, young people have different aptitudes. Um, But really what is happening to this other, this other grouping of children who are leaving school? Are they simply then categorized as this group of needs? Um, And what are we doing to provide real opportunities then to needs to upskill themselves and then to, to have the choice. Do we want to go study? Do we want to enter the world of work? 
and really the best chance that we have right now at keeping young people in school is to teach those 78% of grade fours who cannot read for meaning we need to be able to teach them to read for meaning so that their learning deficits don't accumulate and so that they are able to stay in school. So if you were advising the minister right here, right now, at the start of 2019, as we uh, go into the start of the new school year next week, where would you advise her to start? Where should she focus her attentions in trying to arrest the situation that you've just described? I would say, Minister Machecha, you've done so much over your tenure to bring stability to the system. We've seen that with the CAPS curriculum. Our participation in international tests, even when the news is bad, we continue participating. Please use that stability and that evidence that you have built and invest money in expanding the early grade reading study and expanding this coaching intervention because we have the evidence to show that coaching interventions for teachers work. It's the first time in a long time that we've seen an intervention that is actually proven to shift learning outcomes. So let's invest money in what works. And and before I let you go, this is my very last question, Leanne, because I want to speak to Satu as well. Uh, Surely when children come into a classroom situation um, in grade R, you know, uh, during that foundation phase um, period, what is the problem? Why is it that our children cannot read, um, you know, and write effectively for meaning? What is the problem mm. there? So, unfortunately, we have many teachers who, despite being willing and dedicated, are unable to teach children how to read for meaning because they haven't been taught how to do so. So, on the one hand, this early grade reading study coaching intervention is about a non-punitive way to support teachers in how to teach reading. Because as professionals, you want to be able to do your best. You can imagine how demoralizing it is when you're asked to teach a child to read for meaning and you don't know how. So on the one hand, we have to capacitate our existing teachers who need that capacitation. And on the other hand, our new teachers, student teachers, we need the brightest of the grade 12 class. Class of 2017, if there are any among you who are considering becoming teachers, please do so. We need you in the foundation phase. And, of course, we need our universities to be teaching these student teachers how to do this really specialized teaching of learning to read for meaning. Leanne, thanks so much for engaging um, Equal Education's Leanne Jansen-Thomas talking to us about uh, their response uh, to, of course, uh, the matric uh, outcomes. That's the National Senior Certificate Outcome for 2018. Meanwhile, the South African Democratic Teachers Union, SATU, has welcomed the 2018 National Senior Certificate results and applauded the teachers and learners for their hard work. So for more on this, uh, we are joined on the line also to raise uh, uh, some of the concerns that Equal Education has uh, put on the table uh, with Satu. We're joined by their Deputy General Secretary, um, Ngosana Dolopi. Thanks so much for speaking to us. Good afternoon, Sakina, and uh, thanks for having us. 
Mr. Delopi, I'm not sure how much of that conversation with Leanne Jansen Thomas you actually heard, uh, but uh, evidently, you know, uh, we start our interventions too late, and this is not the first time that this is being pointed out. As she says, it needs to start much sooner, much earlier at the foundation phase level, where children need to learn to read and write uh, with meaning and understanding. So, what's your response as such to that? Look, that would come after what they have welcomed with us and congratulated uh, our teachers for a job well done, but also thanking our children for dedicating their time uh, to make sure that they receive the kind of results that they received uh, yesterday. We wish them well uh, for their future endeavors. We just hope universities will be able to accommodate them, and also NESFAS will be able to reach out to those who can't afford to pay for, for their own funds at institutions of Ireland. But coming to your question, uh, Sakina, I think I would also agree that uh, a full foundation uh, always guarantees progress uh, of the learners. You could do any kind of research all over the world. All performing departments all over all countries, you can count them, they are doing well because they are focusing their attention on early childhood uh, development. A professional one, well-qualified, their best teachers, are deployed to early childhood development, the necessary support, uh, all resources are directed to early childhood development. Because if you are able to intervene in the life of a child at that early stage, you are guaranteed a smoother kind of progress as you are moving forward. So we are late as we come to grade 12 because we would have left uh, that gap at foundation phase. So we are urging the department, we are urging the country to follow on all these other countries that are doing well in their education system by focusing their attention and deploying more resources and money uh, to early childhood development. Take care of the teachers at that state foundation. As I'm saying, deploy the highly, the most qualified teachers to go and teach at that level. Mm. Uh, but are you not concerned that at foundation phase, uh, if a child gets to grade three and they already are failing, they, that they're struggling to read, uh, struggling to write at the level necessary uh, for them to be at in grade three at the end of foundation phase, if, if, if they are struggling at that level, are you not concerned about the output then of our teachers at that level? That's why I'm saying, Sakina, is that we must identify the best the cream in terms of our teachers, like the lady from uh, Equal Education also said, we also have to look at what our institutions of Ireland are doing because the quality of teachers that they are having reflect the kind of training they got at the institutions of Ireland. So our universities will have to come to the party and also play their part in terms of how they are going to train these teachers. But like I'm saying, we will have to identify our best, deploy our best, train them quality training at the level of institutions of Ireland, but also continue with professional development, even if they are in service, continue with those good programs that will be able to assist them to be able to do their work. But one other thing that research also showing, Sakina, is that our country is a country of people who don't read. We don't have the culture uh, of reading. Because uh, you must remember, education can only be an issue of the school only. The entire community will have to be involved. The parents will have to be involved. So, I mean, reading is something that the learner must also see happening at the level of the, at home. The parents must take interest. Children must read for their parents, must start writing even at that time. So I'm saying if yeah, we can fair, get fair a collaborative kind of... Uh, 
but, but it, is, it is the teacher's uh, primary uh, responsibility to teach, to teach how to read, how to write, because parents can't do that. They're not trained to do that. So they can enhance, they can help with enhancement. But uh, uh, do we really expect parents to be the one who are teaching this? I'm just saying we must compliment each other. So, you know, you must remember some of us, I also uh, having parents who never went to school, but they took interest in our education. I mean, I remember when we grew up, we would read the Bible, for instance, for your mother, or you read something uh, for your parents. That enhances uh, the performance of the learner. Something, whatever we are saying, yes, indeed, we agree with you, that teachers are the primary responsible for, for educating our children because they were trained to do that. But I'm saying if the parents can also complement by making sure that when children arrive at home, they are also given some task asked to read. That culture of reading will, of course, also enhance the performance of our learners. But I'm saying, yes, indeed, I agree with you. Let's make sure that we train our teachers uh, well, quality training, execution of higher learning, deploy our best, make sure the resources are available, there are books uh, available at our schools, that our children are able to access them and read them, even at that same stage. If we can do all those things, I think we'll be able to intervene and be able to respond to a challenge of, uh, of uh, reading and writing that we might be experiencing.